Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Longtime labor leader and Democratic strategist LaFonza Butler will be California's new U.S. Senator. News of Butler's appointment, confirmed by Governor Gavin Newsom's office Sunday night, comes days after the death of Dianne Feinstein, which left the Senate seat vacant. So, who is LaFonza Butler? KQED politics correspondent Guy Marzarotti has more. Born in Magnolia, Mississippi, Butler told KQED in 2019 of her memories of her mother, who supported the family while caring for her ailing father. My life was really lived uh, through the eyes of a caregiver. My mother was my father's caregiver in the last years of his life, and um, having to understand what families every day go through when it comes to issues like health care. That experience proved to be the precursor to Butler's career in California. She led a union of in-home caregivers and later SCIU California, the largest umbrella union in the state. There she led the union's high-stakes negotiations with Governor Jerry Brown's administration to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. We all came into rooms of tension and disagreement and negotiation um, with Californians in mind and the best for Californians. From SCIU, Butler was tabbed by Kamala Harris to help run her 2020 presidential campaign. Now she's at EMILY's list, working to elect female candidates who support abortion rights. Butler will become the third black woman to serve in the U.S. Senate and California's first openly LGBT senator. But first, Butler will re-register to vote in California. She currently lives in Maryland. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarotti. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair, available wherever you get your podcasts. This week, seven California counties launch care courts. They're the new mental health courts required by the state that have the authority to mandate people with severe mental illnesses to receive treatment. The implementation of care court will be under particular scrutiny in San Francisco as the city wrestles with both a mental health and homelessness crisis. I talked about the reality of implementing care court there with San Francisco County Supervisor Rafael Mandelman. So, Supervisor, from what you know right now, is San Francisco's care court system ready for action? 
we're going to find out over the next few months. But I think there's still a lot to learn about how this program is going to work, how, what the relationship between the courts and our public health folks is going to be, and even questions like how many people are even going to be put through this program. Our Department of Public Health is estimating that potentially there could be between 1,000 and 2,000 people who could be eligible for this, but how many of those folks petitions are filed for and how many of those folks we can actually serve is still to be determined. I know you're generally a supporter of Care Court with some reservations, but I'm not really hearing a confident, full-throated endorsement of it, at least as the program starts up. Not at all. At best, Care Court is likely to be a modest, positive contribution to our behavioral health response. I do not think that it is going to be game-changing, but it may be helpful for some you know, for a population that is not the most severe, is not eligible for conservatorship, but is high needs and needs more help and is not necessarily going to voluntarily seek that help. You know, I think we may well be going back to the state legislature with suggested amendments. That was San Francisco Supervisor Rafael Mandelman. Along with San Francisco, care courts also start this week in Glen, Orange, Riverside, San Diego, Stanislaw, and Tuolumne counties. Eventually, every county in the state must have a care court system established. When presidential candidates travel to places like Iowa or New Hampshire, they usually spend time praising the state they're in. But that is not what Republicans making the pilgrimage to California are saying about the Golden State. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos has this dispatch from this past weekend's state Republican convention in Orange County. Former President Donald Trump spent much of his Friday speech before state Republicans trashing California, painting it as a dystopic hellscape full of roving bands of looters, criminals, and thugs. The crowd of Californians ate it up. Together we will reverse the decline of America and we will end the desecration of your once great state, California. This is not a great state anymore. This is a dumping ground. You're a dumping ground. The world is being dumped into California. Prisoners, terrorists. Later that evening in a ballroom across the hallway, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continued the California castigation, calling the state a petri dish for American liberalism. So the country, our country's in a state of decline, economic decline, cultural decline, military decline. The California model represents more American decline. The Florida model represents a way for us to reverse American decline. It represents a way to have an American revival. But California Republicans didn't seem offended. Rather, many of them agreed with the presidential candidates' assessments, saying it's what they've been arguing for years. Here's Board of Equalization member Ted Gaines. We've had a lot of problems in California, and California leads the nation. So, you know, if we're uh, setting policy in place uh, that in many cases is not working and that's spreading across the country, we've got a problem. And I think we ought to be fighting for the heart and soul of this nation right now. Denise Gary Pandel, who's running for U.S. Senate, rejected the notion altogether. I didn't hear the president speak about California in dark terms. She says Trump outlined positions on issues like water and human trafficking that impressed her. And that shows to me a love and a concern for the people of our state and our country. The only candidate who didn't frame California as an apocalyptic disaster? Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. I think California's policies have been a disaster, just as I think the Biden administration has been a disaster. But I mentioned neither Biden nor California in that speech because 
As I said, I am leading us to something. Politically, though, Trump's message is the one seemingly resonating with his base. Recent polls show him lapping his political opponents, leading the field by 40 points. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos in Anaheim. And that is the California Report for Monday, October 2nd. Happy October, everybody. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery. On the web at schmidtocean.org. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.